Hello, hello. Hey, Peter. Is this the the weatherman from Business of Software? <laughs> yes, the yeah, the only person at Business Software that talks about the weather during their main topic. <laughs> but you do know quite a lot about weather forecasting. Yeah, I had to spend <laughs> a little over a decade studying it. <laughs> so as you can imagine, everybody there was just super thankful to be learning about how the weather gets forecasted. That was the, that was why they came. <laughs> Oh, the reason I, I, I say this is because someone tweeted a quote from you that was something like, if you try to predict the weather based on June, July, and August, it's going to be very warm by Christmas, <laughs> which I thought yes. was really funny. <laughs> yeah, but that's how people forecast their SaaS businesses these days, which was the point. So, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. So yeah. you went to Business of Software and you were a speaker. I did. I was. So fourth time there. Um, first two times were when I was starting my first company and had just raised um, substantial seed round and went and sat there and said, I'm going to work on my business. And I did. But then life and business hit and just got super consumed with all of that and didn't go from, let's see, I think the last time I went was I went in 13 and 14 and then I didn't go. And then I went again in 18. And of course this is 19. So there was a gap there, but fourth time and yeah, I was a speaker. You gave a lightning talk last year, right? That's right. I gave a lightning talk last year. I had always wanted to do a lightning talk or speak at Boss. It, it once I found out it was the thing that it is, it became a uh, just became a life goal of mine to to speak there. And last year, I applied for a lightning talk for the second time. The first time didn't get accepted, but then last year I did, and yeah, that was that was something. And then would, they liked it enough that they invited me back. Would you say that your lightning talk last year was kind of like the kickoff for SimSAS? Because you talked about forecasting as well, right? I think I saw that. Yeah. And, and I would say that it was obviously a year ago uh, around this time. And a year ago around this time, I was still working at my last company uh, full time. But I was already thinking that I was... Um, going to be leaving at some point in the next probably three months or so. So what was I going to work on next? And I said, I have this audience. What if I talk about this topic and just test the waters and see what the response is in terms of interest? And I felt a good tug from the audience in terms of interest. Like I didn't, it was at that point very much like, hey, here's a research project that I did over the summer just to have fun and see what I could learn and the amount of reactions that were oh wow or hey that's really interesting or is that a product was was good validation for me to to choose SimSAS as my next business idea nice and then this yeah. year you got to give a was it an hour or it was an hour yeah wow. it was that's a one, long time one hour talk it it was um you know aside from you know, I'm sure I've spoken for an hour before for like maybe teaching a subject to some people or something like that. Maybe my maybe my kid's school or something with a bunch of kids, which by the way, an hour of that is also tricky. <laughs> but <laughs> I had never done an hour in front of peers like that. And um, time management was a worry of mine that I would be either way too short or way too long. But it, I, I knew where the middle line was of my talk. And I 
when I hit kind of the middle line right at 30 minutes, I felt really, really good. <laughs> and it went, it went well. And I went deep on a subject. Most of the talks at Boss um, Business and Software, um, I think a majority is safe to say, are really what I call horizontal in topic, meaning they're more thematic around entrepreneurship or the challenges of starting up or mistakes that I made and stories and things like that. So I got up there and did something pretty different in terms of just going really deep on a subject area and said, you know, let's essentially nerd out for a while around the topic of forecasting, but rather than promote SimSAS overtly and nobody there promotes their products in a salesy way, said, you know, what can I teach people about predictions and forecasting that they could take with them? Um, even if they never sign up for SimSAS or talk to me again. So I spent the first 30 minutes talking about how to predict macro scale changes in a market. Um, so larger, uh, larger items like how are customer needs shifting, what new products are entering the market, what needs are being ignored in a market. So I talked about that for 30 minutes, kind of macro level physics, as I called it. And then for the second half hour block, that's where I went into the micro and started talking about how do you forecast your business within that market and what's your state of the art? How do you do it today? And then let me show you what's coming. And that felt, yeah, it felt really good. Um, I was very nervous as I always am before I speak, but I think uh, I've learned how to kind of overcome those nerves and just, and just go. And once you start talking, you know, it just went. So I, no, no, no awkward moments. I didn't blank. It was, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was good. Yeah. It's good to get you it done. Cool. In the black and white pictures I saw of you <laughs> up on stage. Oh, thanks. Yeah. John Knox took some cool pictures and I know others did as well. And, um, they, they do a great job. One of them, one of the really neat things about boss is the, when you give a talk, you know, there's months that'll go by before they publish those talks, but they do a really professional job of recording them and editing them and then putting them out on the web. Um, so with that in mind, my goal for this was how do I share something that's a little bit evergreen or is very mm. evergreen, will age well, <laughs> and will kind of establish um, SimSass and myself as one of the thought leaders in this space and something that I can refer back to in the future and say, you know, if you really want to go deep on the philosophy of this and why this kind of the why question, then here's a video for you to watch. Very cool. Would, could you help me and the listeners understand kind of like why you would know all this stuff about how to predict, like basically predict businesses? Because I mean, from, I understand like, like from your previous company, you predicted the weather and like logistical risk or whatever um this is my understanding so far um yeah and so of course like you have a lot of experience with your previous business is that where like is that a, the combination of running a business that was also like a prediction business just in another field is that like kind of how you got this experience or like help me understand how you know all this stuff yeah um i guess three parts number one yes the nature of the business that i started previously was weather forecasting. And I learned over a period of, especially the six years, say 2013 to 2019, 
I learned how weather forecasting works, what what it means when people talk about a forecast versus the models and the statistics and just all the parameters. I, I gained a deep understanding of how that works. Now, I'm not a meteorologist and ever was, and I won't claim to be, but I built a pretty deep understanding of the the theory and the practice of forecasting the weather, where the value is in that, where the differentiation is, and just the methodologies behind all of that. So as far as forecasting is concerned, I just because of the subject matter, if you abstract away the weather part, it's pretty generic what you come away with, right? So that's mm-hmm. kind of one part is just subject matter expertise on forecasting. And I'm clearly... <laughs> bit of a nerd. So when I spend six years of my life working on a subject, I'm reading all the books I can find on it. I'm talking to people in the field in different, you know, states of their careers. So professors to scientists, to data scientists, to, to professionals in the insurance industry who are always forecasting sales professionals. So that, I mean, that's just a lot of domain expertise that I built yeah. up on the subject of forecasting. And it's not as it's, um, it's deep. I guess it's it's just a deep iceberg of a domain. So I I gained that. And then maybe the second part would be I had to forecast my own business. And you know, I had to forecast my business from a sales standpoint. So we were we were first self-service, then we went up to enter, uh, inside sales. Um, and then we shifted up market to enterprise sales. And so I went from having no pipeline to um, and just watching new signups come in to a funnel to a kind of a book of business and developing leads and calling and closing deals over the phone, which I did myself um, for the first hundred or so to managing a team that did that to enterprise sales with much longer sales cycles and all that. So what I gained from that was (laughs) in order to find the right go-to-market for risk pulse, I I'll say had to kind of a strong word, but I had to try on all of the ones that, that I could find from, you know, self-service up to enterprise. So yeah, in terms of predicting businesses, right? Like I developed this experience with four different sales models in real life. Like I spent more than a year managing or leading a sales team that was implementing a specific go-to-market model. And I, I just learned a lot about forecasting sales and expenses and hiring needs for each of those sales models. So that was also this really weird, like unplanned (laughs) uh, education, which was, Hey, if it all worked out great, I would have picked the right one in the first place (laughs) and, uh, and not needed to try all these different ones. But, you know, if you combine those two, um, I had a lot of knowledge on different types of businesses and forecasting. What really catalyzed all of it though, was the final point. I went to raise money and going out to raise money wrapped a un- it wrapped a use case around that forecasting expertise and experience, which was now I need to share forecasts with other people and they're going to ask questions and I'm going to have to answer those questions and they're going to want to poke and prod and ask me about my assumptions that went into that forecast. So I think having to fundraise while also going through those other experiences really made me aware of the needs and challenges of not just forecasting your business internally, but having to share a forecast with others, which is where that's really where things get interesting because 
if you have a forecast in your head, it's easy to be optimistic and then change your mind about uh, things aren't going to be as good as we thought. But once you share a forecast with other people and you're on the hook to deliver on those numbers, um, things get real. Did it did it like naturally occur to you at one point that like when you were creating forecasts for your business that, th okay, this reminds me of weather forecasting or is that not the point at all? I'm just misunderstanding the connection there. Uh, it did, it did at some point, I think the, the evolution was really, I need a tool to do forecasting for my business. I don't, one does not exist. Therefore I'm going to start coding one myself. And that was back in 2015. I, I created, I wrote the first version of SimSass as just a throwaway Python script. Um, but that was just, like I said, a throwaway script. I didn't really think about the parallels at a deep level until I decided to really make SimSass my next business idea. And then once I did that, I said, okay, I'm creating a forecasting system. <laughs> what, what are the parts of a forecasting system? And, um, you know, I still learned as I went, but things really became clear to me at that point when I started saying, okay, how do I apply everything that I know to this? How do I bring the full, all, how do I bring all of my knowledge to bear on this subject? And then And then the more I thought about it, uh, I mean, the more similar it became. And like to give listeners a concrete example that I shared in my talk, it was in the weather forecasting, as we know, it was actually invented in the 18, late 1850s in uh, the United Kingdom. And there was a person by the name of Adri um, Admiral Fitzroy who literally coined the term forecast. And people thought he was crazy that you could forecast the weather at this point. <laughs> Uh, literally they're like, you're, you know, that's absurd. People would mock him. Um, he actually faced, he actually dealt with depression because of that. Like it was that, <laughs> it oh, was wow. that derisive. Yeah. It was that derisive and horrible. Um, and he had a sad life, uh, in many ways because he thought this was possible. Um, and so skipping ahead a little bit, 50 years after that, there was a mathematician, uh, by the name of Lewis Fry Richardson in the United Kingdom as well. And he came up with an idea of forecasting the weather by having hundreds or thousands of human computers sitting in a room, writing down and solving the, the equations to calculate the weather in a single, let's just say one mile grid, right? One mile area, right? Or 10 mile area. Yeah. And the idea was that if you forecast the weather in your neighborhood and I forecast the weather in my neighborhood, and we compare notes and we like pass our notes around, literally, we could actually model the movement of the weather and all of the equations in, in, in a simulated world, if you will. Wow. And yeah, he did the math and figured out he would need 64,000 humans to do that constantly, <laughs> constantly just to forecast the weather. Uh, let's say in Europe, based on what the weather is in the United States right now, and it would take 24 hours to do that just to do a 24 hour forecast. <laughs> so he basically realized that even if I had 64,000 people working on this, it would not be valuable. Um, it wasn't until modern computing took off and the ENIAC computer is the first place where they ran a real weather simulation that they were able to run the numbers faster than the weather itself. And huh. that's how we, that's how we get a forecast. Yeah. Um, and so wow. I, I liken that to what I'm doing with SimSAS, which is I'm creating a simulated environment that runs faster than you obviously run your business. And you can look at it for some answers as far as what can I expect to happen. That's so cool, man. Well, good job <laughs> yeah, on the, the talk.
I can't wait to watch it once it goes somewhere on the internet. I think yeah. I remember previously at least some of the business of software talks ended up as podcasts as well. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that even would be then cool. you don't you don't have the graphs and you probably I I'm just assuming you had a lot of graphs in your slides. Yeah, I had some nice nice pictures and and all of that. I, I will say one other wonderful thing about the conference, and this is the main point and why I came back four times is the people there are. Um, it's the people and it's the it's the work that the organizers do to organize that conference. There's you know there's a lot of talk about these tiny conferences these days and um, the intimacy that you get from that and how people are there just to. Um, take a step back and look at their business together. And and that's really hard to create in a large setting. But like business of software does that with several hundred attendees. So you go there and like you recognize people. Some people are new, some people are old. But Mark Littlewood and um, his wife, Joe, and the whole business software team, Patty, um, they just do an amazing job of organizing it in a way that people feel kind of at home. It's like their home away from home. It's like a retreat feel. Um, nice. And you, you're just all learning the whole time. And it's just very, people are very, um, the boss crowd, the, the regulars are very uh, vulnerable and willing to share. And what's cool about the conference too is like the speakers, um, this is funny now because I'm one of these, but like the other speakers <laughs> are, are like these, uh, these incredible top-notch people. Like, so this year was April Dunford, um, and, you know, Alex Osterwalder, just name a few, Rahul Vorha, and, and like just amazing lineup. But the cool thing is um, they're all just sitting in the audience when they're not talking. They're going to the same meals you are. They're hanging around the same ways you are. So like they're all accessible. So nice. like, and, 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 and none of them, yeah, and none of them act anything other than accessible. Like they're just standing around waiting to chat with you. So, you know, there were, there were a number of folks who walked up to uh, April um, for example, at the kind of just reception and snacks uh, the, the first night or second night. And uh, John Knox called it. She was holding court. Like people were just walk yeah. up and say, hey, I'm thinking about positioning. What do you think of this? And she would just go on for like 10, 15 minutes and they'd have a conversation. Um, and so it, it's it's amazing. Totally worth it. It's a, it's a little expensive, but highly, highly recommended for anybody that has a business that's, that's kind of out of that earliest stage. It's... Um, it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully I can go next year. Yeah, you should. Um, you must have been working on the plane as well because <laughs> you've still been posting updates to your product and stuff like that. Um, I don't know yeah. how you do it, but uh, well, you, you even brought your family, right? Yeah, actually, that was really special. So I... Was, driving my daughter home from school last week and she said, Hey dad, could I come to Boston with you? And she's 15. Um, so sophomore in high school. And my initial thought was like, probably not. But then I was like, you know, business software is a cool conference and it's pretty family friendly. And Mark Littlewood actually has brought his daughters um, multiple times. So I just shot them a note. I said, Hey, would it be weird? And is there anything she wouldn't be welcome to attend? Like, can you picture anything? And they're like, no, in fact, uh, we'd love to have her help us with <laughs> with things, and so my daughter got to help out um, with the conference. She passed things out. She got to stand up there and be recognized as as an assistant of the team. Huh. And That's uh, cool. she 
Yeah. And at 15 years old, she carried on conversations with, you know, April and Rita and um, uh, Patrick Campbell. It was awesome. I mean, so she's, she's just soaking up all of this entrepreneurship and, and conversations and uh, it was wonderful. And um, she's, she's mature beyond her years too, which, which helps. But, um, but I will say to, to the maker update, I am naturally an introvert. Like, and what I mean by that is I recharge in private. I recharge by being alone. So that conference totally does me in. Like as, uh, as wonderful as this talk to people, oh man, I come back and I'm just completely spent um, in a good way, but it's like having finished a marathon mentally. Uh, and and so yesterday was the first day back and I looked at some some stuff that I had to make decisions about and I had a couple conversations, one with Einer um, and another oh, one yeah. with a kind of a new mentor of mine um, who uh, actually works at Slack. And both of them were talking about monetization and the early go-to-market for SimSAS and what am I going to do. And like, I, I actually think I gained clarity and focus because I was so, <laughs> I was so worn out that I didn't want to do anything complicated. I just wanted to, I sense, just want to get out of there. <laughs> I just wanted to have like a clear, yeah, like take a little meaningful step in some direction. And so all I'm saying is like, I ended up with a lot of focus yesterday just as a result of being, I think, exhausted. And it's kind of like, what am I going to do? All right, I'll just, I'll just do this little feature that I've been wanting to get to. So I kind of knocked that out and um, it's goals and uh, there'll be goals inside the app soon. Um, and, but that's all I got done yesterday. I, 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 was, I was exhausted, but that's um, a pretty it wasn't big thing. It's a big thing with a little implementation, but it's going to be a very high leverage thing. Like once I have goals in the product, I can tell you if a forecast is hitting your goals. I can tell you what you need to do to hit your goals. Um, goals is going to be a very, very powerful addition to the product. So I'm excited to roll that out today. Yeah, I feel like if you if I imagine your website with like a feature grid, with like your top features, goals would be in that grid alongside yeah. some of the forecasting stuff. Yeah, and goals are different in this because you can put your goals into other tools like metrics as well. But if if the tool is just a metrics tool, like looking back, all it can basically say is, have you hit your goal yet? Yeah. What I'm doing is saying, you have a goal. Will your current plan and forecast hit your goal by the date that you put in? So... I can actually tell you that you're on track to hit your goal by a certain date, just given your current plan and growth trajectory, which might not be linear, right? And that's another thing. Most of the goal tools that are out there expect kind of linear progress. SimSAS knows that the path between here and there is probably not linear, um, and it can take that into account. So anyway, I'm very excited about goals, and uh, I'm excited about putting everyone's or helping folks put their goals into the product in the tiny seed cohort. I'm thinking like if I put in my goal for like, <laughs> the next quarter in SimSAS, then I know like when I'm going to hit that goal based on my current strategy or my current plan, then I might as well yep. just put the next one in there. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm already bored by the, the current goal because I already know when I'm going to hit it. So I might as well just like keep adding new goals. Yeah, that, that's that's great. I can't wait to see how people <laughs> use that. I mean, and you can actually attach a goal to any metric. So it can be revenue, it can be um, conversion rates, average revenue per customer number of customers, anything that you've connected can be tracked um, as a goal. So 
looking forward to and that. And goals is like a nice, it's basically like a, a log to see, like if you look at your past goals, right? To see if you That's hit right. your goals, which is nice. Yeah. It's kind of like so a sec- touch on, on the last episode. Exactly. Second order value of goals is the system knows when the goal was created. So what's really interesting is what are the goals that you had the longest kind of horizon on and how how well did you do hitting those? So if you created a goal, you know, yesterday <laughs> and the goal was completed tomorrow, that's not as um, insightful as a goal that you created six months ago that you hit tomorrow where you said the deadline was sometime this month, right? So I can yeah. start to give people feedback on how well they're doing, predicting their own progress. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's a lot so, about me, man. Yeah, but you, you had a busy week. <laughs> I, I, that's that's true. I did. It's good to be I'm, back. I am good. Yesterday, I almost missed my call with Einer because I messed up the time zones. It's been like <laughs> twice this week I messed up some time zone stuff. It's so complicated, especially when you go like when I go between Denmark and Scotland, there's a one hour difference. And then there's oh. also like at least three different us time zones i need to worry about and then sometimes people in other time zones as well but like most of the people i talk to in the us and then also like my own time zone differs a little bit so it's just it's just annoying and then i have like three or four different calendars as well so it's all a big mess that i really need to sit down and spend some time like working out Mm. um but yeah i managed to speak to einer for like 10 minutes (laughs) so it's good he wasn't too mad (laughs) (laughs) he 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 alluded to your uh he alluded to your call on my call. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> only, in, only in the positive sense of like, I we well, <laughs> as we told listeners last week, we have similar goals for the quarter, right? So yeah. Einer, Einer basically said, hey, as I was telling Peter, do this. <laughs> and I was like, I will. So the good thing is like, I, we kind of had a different, like he, he had written down basically my goal from our last check-in a month ago. And I remembered the goal a little bit differently. So I was certain that I didn't hit the goal, <laughs> but like the way he interpreted it, I kind of, I kind of almost hit my goal. So that was good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, hey, you'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And the funny thing is that his goal was like, um, or the goal we talked about last time was like MRR based. And he's like, so did you hit it? I'm like, no. And I'm also going to like get rid of even more MRR because I'm going to try freemium out. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I, I was in the same canoe, the, the same leaky canoe. <laughs> as, as I told you yesterday, like telling Einar and Rob about like my plans for freemium, it really reminded me of telling my parents like that I was going to drop out of uni. <laughs> It's a, kind of it's a same, failure, like, a failure yeah. to launch, launch. <laughs> but like, I went, I dropped out of uni. I actually, I started uni again a year later. But I dropped out to like be an entrepreneur and like try some cool stuff, and it 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 worked out pretty well for me. And I had a good gut feeling about it. It's not like a failure that I dropped out. Um, mm-hmm. but like they were like, you would, they were just worried. Like they were like, okay, like this is weird. Like I hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, and Rob and I are not exactly like that but i don't know it just kind of reminded me of that which i thought was funny felt that way yeah Yeah. did he give you a goal for next next month uh check-in yeah he did okay um yeah same here so basically 
it's the goal is to kind of prove that the freemium thing will work. <laughs> so I'll get like basic part of the goal is that I'll have like people refer to me from hosting companies and from like other efforts and then be able to maybe convert a few of those to a, like a paid tier above the free plan. Yep. And uh, I feel like that, like that would be really nice within a month to like prove that, um, that downloading can work. Um, yeah. I'm a little scared about it, but I don't know. I feel good. I feel like it's doable, but it's not going to be easy. And I feel like that's a good goal. <laughs> yeah. I have, um, I have the same goal. I have the same goal. So I'm getting nice. new free users, but the goal is to convert um, four of them by next month. I'll go out there and say, and I think it's possible, especially since I'm focusing on the premium version for founders now. I think it's possible. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I feel good about it. Like we, I after our strategy call last week, I put numbers on all the blanks that we kind of talked about, like for the different key results for my quarter. And mm -hmm. some of them feel really doable. Like it's just like one of them was to like improve the activation in the product because it's very low right now. And they're just like, there are some extremely low hanging fruits that I'm just excited to like get down to and like kind of work out. Like one of them, I, to give an example right now, like when you sign up for branch, the first, um, like this, the registration form is like four fields you need to uh, fill out. Um, with like your name, your email, password, password confirmation. And then the second step is to connect like a Git account and you can't get past that step. So like you can't sign up for the product if you don't have like a, either a GitHub, GitLab or Bitbucket account. Mm. So it's like they all offer OAuth and that's what I'm using to authenticate with them. And it's like, why do I have a step before that where I ask people for their email address and their password when I could just use like something I know that they have to authenticate them with one step and then they're connected to that account as well. So it's just, it's so mm. obvious. It's just something I just yeah. need to kind of refactor. And um, that's huge. Yeah. Like thinking about activation, just when I go through the product, there are just like things like that, that are just very obvious that I need to fix. So yeah, like just fixing something like that feels like it would, it could be like a significant change to like how successful I am with this. Um, That's great. That's great. Activation is kind of the un, it's, it's, it usually receives less focus than acquisition, but it's, it's, it's mission critical because otherwise you're just pouring, you're just pouring things into a, you know, a bucket that's just going to fall out the other side. Right. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. What, what does activation mean? I mean, for me, it's connecting your metrics provider. If people do that, then great. Um, if yeah. they don't, then I have got nothing to work with. So exactly. I completely, completely understand. Yeah. And I have like people sign up for branch and then they never really get started. And they're all like, they all sign up. Maybe they connect to GitHub and then most of them kind of get stuck because they, maybe they don't really have a project ready or maybe they don't know how to set it up, but maybe they don't know that, that the project they already have is like safe to set up with branch or it will work. They, there's a lot of stuff. So mm. when I look at like, when I go into user list and I look at the different segments I have, it's like everyone is stuck in that segment right now. So like my main priority issue, it's like, if you imagine like that I own like a big restaurant, everyone is like standing in the 
like in the lo- lobby waiting to be seated or something like that. And it's like <laughs> yeah. the next thing I need to worry like all the tables are empty and like the thing I need to worry about right now is like go out and find out like get everyone in the restaurant and find a seat for them. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's how I think yep. about it. It's um, great, man. It's so nice to go through this with someone else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I know Maybe exactly we the just, feeling. Like, hire the same COO or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start pooling resources. It's gonna yeah. get, get real close here. We can um, at least form a union. <laughs> I, I could use a little strike or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could use a little, I could, well, I was going to say I could use a little help, but no, I, I, I just need to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, then I'm also going to focus on the acquisition part a bit. I think next week I'm going to spend most of my time working on a website. Um, cause I want to start creating more content and I want to create documentation and stuff like that just to like help. That's going to help on the activation as well, of course, but also like some inspirational stuff to kind of like. I feel like I've been building a lot in the past few months and like I haven't been good enough at show like basically showing what I've built and that there's some really cool stuff in there like in all modesty and um, I, I want to show yeah. that to people um, so I'm yeah. basically like right now I have a statics basically a one page side for for the landing page and I need like I need a CMS behind it or at least like a good way to add content and maybe have like, I already know someone who's going to help me write documentation. Who's really good at that. And like, I can't Mm. just like, I don't know. He needs like a WordPress or something like that. Um, So I'm experimenting with using WordPress as a backend for a static um, view JS based site right now. Um, I'm going to, I did like a little prototype yesterday and it's really cool. I'm using a, a framework called Gridsome which basically is like a way to use Vue.js to build a static site. So it's like Gatsby.js for Vue, I guess. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to spend some time next week trying to build like a real thing with that and see how that goes. Okay. And man, I've, I've, I got really inspired by like how easy it was to get started with that thing. Like I cloned the default starter theme from their GitHub account, the Gridsome site. Okay. And I got it up running locally. And then like in the readme file on the repository, there is a, a button that says deploy to Netlify. And huh. I clicked that button and then I was redirected to the Netlify side. I authenticated with my GitHub account. And I think maybe I like I had to give the site a name and then it worked. Like then it was deployed. It was like wow. all the NPM stuff was built for me. <laughs> Magic. Like the CDN, everything. Just like I had a site and it's like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> it's awesome. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. So yeah. Like, that's really good stuff. I'm, obviously it was a little bit inspired. Yeah. Like, is that something yeah. I can do one day with branch maybe? Absolutely, man. Great artist steal. I think uh, <laughs> imitating magic is, is a good thing. It, it makes me think like I want to create a lot of content for SimSass as well. And I've been thinking of using like Wistia has kind of a channel. Yeah, that that's really cool. Create. I love that. Yeah, I'm really thinking about that. It's like a, just a SimSass university or whatever you want to call it, where I just teach yeah. a different topic through that. I want to do something similar. Like the guy I know, he's like a content machine to create like documentation and stuff like that. And mm. like my idea is to have like a learning center or something like that, 
learning center is the use, word I use right now, but it sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> and basically just me like re record, I don't know, like 20, 30 videos or something like that. It wouldn't take me yep. too long actually. Um, and then just give him the video and be like, turn this video into a text as well. Um, oh yeah. That's so great. you get like a bunch of text and video and it's just, you could create a lot of content in almost no time doing that. That's really good. Um, yeah. So cool, next man. week I'm going to work on the website. Um, I have two demos next week that I'm really excited about. Mm. And then, uh, I signed my first NDA and I think Ooh. like signing this NDA is going to mark the point where I stop mentioning names of people, like partners I work with just to be sure <laughs> until it's out <laughs> in the public at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, congrats. I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I signed an NDA with a big important company about like some stuff we're gonna work on, and I'm gonna start working on it next week. That's how much okay. I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's cool. Well, uh, at the opposite end of the transparency spectrum, I have a <laughs> webinar with Bear Metrics next week. Oh yeah, that's where I we're saw going that. to. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We're gonna go through setting up. Setting up your business on SimSAS, we're going to talk about forecasting. I got kind of reverse order, I guess. So at the beginning, we're going to talk about forecasting, the state of the art, the value of it. Can it really, how can it really help you with growth goals? And then uh, at the end, we're going to show bare metrics inside SimSAS and go through it together with Corey Haynes uh, and see how it all works. So I'm excited about that. So cool. All, all the stuff Corey's doing all with uh, bare metrics, a lot of great content. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I think uh, they're uh, they're a solid content machine. So that's a good thing to aim for. And those webinars work, um, from what I know. So expecting, yeah, expecting a good number of attendees. Nice. I think this yeah. podcast officially has turned into a, like a forty-minute thing instead of a thirty-minute thing. Uh oh. <laughs> There's just too much stuff to talk about. Yeah, there is a lot going on, but um, we can also shift gears and say we should talk to you next week yeah but i want to do a little plug for from our friends or for our friends at tiny seed um good idea uh, they're gonna open up applications i think it was november 1st yep and obviously it's something i at least recommend <laughs> i think you feel the same <laughs> um highly Highly recommend. I, I tweeted out that people should read out, reach out to me if they have questions about it. And someone already reached out and we already had like a discussion back and forth because um, he was someone who had two products and he was going to, in my opinion, they were competing and he he only thought about applying with the, the, the one product. So I strongly encouraged him to like present it as a whole deal. Um, and it's yeah, good. so it's good. Like, I just want to like, say to people if they're considering applying for tiny seed like send me an email or send matt an email and i'm sure it the same goes for you like i'm happy to share my experience and like hear your pitch or whatever you you're gonna do yep. um and it's very cool like in a few hours we have a call with rand fishkin and uh, yes. that's the kind of stuff you do in tiny seed you talk to cool people and they help you out and it's it's pretty awesome it's amazing and um, same offer certainly for me. And if anybody would uh, additionally like help kind of looking at their business and their metrics and having it in a nice convenient way to show to Robin Einer, I think I could help with that too.
I think that's a serious pro tip right there. <laughs> if you send a forecast, I think that's a good way to stand out at least. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can even, there's even secure links now in the product where you can share your numbers with, uh, with others. So I'm sure Robin Einer would think it was really cool to get a link to your metrics inside SimSAS. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, now we crossed <laughs> cool. 40 minutes, so uh, let's stop this before it goes crazy. <laughs> All right. Let's Take care, stop. man. All right, Peter. Good you week. too. Bye-bye.